stood and curdled waylaid and woolen as a lost little lamb who tumbled into timeless little land loitering like a tea biscuit somewhere along the English coast. And deep within the sodden rock you drop into the dining room a family on Christmas Day, and soon it will be dinner time, a brother, sister, standing there, both laying table for the day. Hamlet, Xmas special. I'm going back to see those coldy country cousins of mine. You know, I never could hear Rudolph enough times. I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. No, no, you put the spoon on that side of that fork. I love these little fellows riding horses on the placemats. You can go and see them do that live on Boxing Day if you go down the manor. Some poor fox is for it, then. I'm not sure. I think they all meet to hunt a fictitious fox, at least officially. Though I suspect it might be a fictitious, fictitious fox. That's to say, a real fox. Presented as a fictitious fox to placate the ignorant general public who don't think killing animals for sport is a sensible idea. It's not very Xmasy, is it? What, blood sports? Not so much, no. But English people over a particular age seem to really adore its iconography. I gather it aids the digestion. Here that spoon goes above. Did no one ever learn you to set a table? I pretty much live in a cupboard. Well, it's never too late to learn. Then teach me, O Guru. I will lay my Christ-like knowledge of table-laying upon thee. Oh, I am blessed. Merry Christmas, Jesus. Dad's looking a bit under the weather, eh? Yes, and the weather is terrible. He could do with travelling a bit. It's damp here. I've said time and time again they can come and stay with me in Florence. Because it's more of a dry heat there. Man won't do it. She's terrified to leave the island. She won't even go into town unless she's completely run out of booze, of course. No risk of that today. Have you seen all the wine? A few bottles of port in there, too. Someone got Dad a lovely bottle of brandy, too. Get enough wine in him, we'll crack that later. Those glasses on the left, Bunting. All right, Emma. Mam said she'd been seeing ghosts again. Oh, I wonder why. She does need to cut down, but she won't listen, makes it worse. Well, today's not really the day to worry about that, is it? In fact, through till New Year's Day or so, we've got full time off worrying. If anyone happens to accidentally kill themselves between now and then, we didn't know anything about it because we were drunk on Christmas joy. So no more ghosts for about a week. You all right? Yes, I was just looking at these placemats. The red border is very red, and the black on the hunter's hats is very, very black. The red pigment is made with the blood of dogs who died in infancy mixed with vermilion cinnabar, and the black is bone black from pigs. It's amazing what we can do when we put our minds to it. All right, I'll put on my little party hat if you will. You can't put your party hat on, you're already wearing a Santa hat. No, no, I can put my party hat over my Santa hat. Oh my God, that's amazing. I've never seen anyone do that before. Actually, it also looks pretty mint. You look like King Santa. Oh, thanks, mate. Well, since you're King Santa now, that means you have to tell your joke first. All right, all right. Here we go now. What did Santa do when he went speed dating? Um, uh, I don't know. He pulled a cracker. 
I don't get it. It must have been Christmas when he went dating. Yeah, it must have been, I suppose. I didn't think speed dating places were open on Christmas. They are insane. If they didn't want to do the cooking, then why did they do the cooking? So they could spend the rest of the day complaining about having done the cooking. Yes, I suppose so. Where are they now? They're both in the bathroom, screaming. Well, at least we won't have to be near them for a while. Good, good. Was there a joke in your cracker? No, just a fact on a piece of paper. Something about some man who had a tangerine for a head. It takes all sorts at Christmas, I suppose. And then the barman said, Well, what did you ask him for? And the man with the tangerine for a head replied, Well, can't you see? I asked him for a tangerine for a head. I don't get it. It's not a joke, it's a fact. Is it? I mean, I think so. When can we set fire to it? You have to wait. We don't want any repeats of last year, do we? When I set Grandma on fire. When you set Grandma's hair on fire, yes. And why? Because you were too eager to... I was too eager to see the flame. Exactly, Poppet. Good things come to... Those who wait. Precisely. So we can set this on fire a little bit later. But we have to be cautious with... Health and safety. And in that order, if you watch your health... You'll be safe. Can I strike the match when it's time? You can strike the match so long as you point it away from your face. And it's somebody else's? No, not at somebody, Poppet, as you well know. What would happen if I pointed it at somebody else? Then it might burn the face off, Poppet. And we don't want that. Not on Christmas. Fine bird, isn't it? Oh, lean and tender. Beautifully cooked. Basted, I believe. Grandma used to hang it in the garage for a few weeks before the day. Used to hang what? The turkey. The turkey in the garage? Yeah, it did something to the flavour. I'm sure it did. The gravy covered whatever it was anyway. Don't you remember that? This is some nice gravy, eh? Oh, you can taste the dripping. Oh, it's like the good old days. Oh, there were a lot of dripping in the old days. Everything was dripping. Yes, Ronan, of course you can speak with Dulcie to wish her a happy Christmas. She's just busy right now with Auntie Anna. Yes, she finished dinner quickly. Hardly ate anything, really. And Auntie Anna, dear old thing that she is, took her into the kitchen to prepare dessert. Yes, dear, no accidents like last year. Yes, I know you were embarrassed. She's just a kid, Ronan. No, of course Mother didn't think you were irresponsible. God, why am I spending Christmas Day talking with him? I'll get her to call you as soon as she's free. Yes, Ronan, of course she wants to talk to you. Yes, of course she wants to wish you a happy Christmas. You all right? Ronan the Barbarian. Oh. Uh, Emma, Dad wants you to do the wishbone with him. Listen, Ronan, I have to go. Yes, family responsibilities. Bye for now. Yes, bye. God, I thought he'd never go. Has he given you bother? He wants to talk to Dulcie for Happy Christmas and all that. But Dulcie doesn't want to talk to him. Not that I blame her. 
He only talks to her about turmeric cleanses. To be fair, that's all I've ever heard him talk about. In most vivid detail, too, his fermentations. Thanks for that. Nearly said goodbye to Christmas dinner, then. She's still breathing, right? Yeah, 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 still breathing. I could not get any reception. You think that massive mouse lap there would be helpful in that respect? Ah, yeah, but you know as well as I do that mobile phones are not what those masks are really used for. What are you on about? What are they used for? Then 5G masks? Aliens, Lee, for communicating with the space intelligences. Aliens! Aliens! Oh, someone's back. Here, careful, you've just taken a pretty bad knock. Happy birthday, Jesus, Skylord, bird monster, metal creature, iron chicken, saviour! Oh shit, she's collapsed. Get her in the recovery position. In the what? The recovery position. You don't know about the recovery position? No, I don't know about the recovery position. Well, didn't you do basic first aid? No, I didn't. Well, what is the recovery position? Well, I've no idea. It's hard to get John away from his websites nowadays. He loves looking at his websites, that and his gods. Never stops talking about his gods and his websites that he looks at. He likes that uh, David Icke, you know, the fat bloke. Look at him now, Christmas dinner and staring at his website. He's quite a magnificent god he's showing everybody. Oh, is that Pat, the human firewall again? He calls me the human fireball. Pat, the what? The fireball? Firewall. Oh, well, wall, ball, whatever you fire at. I still don't know what you're blathering on about. Too much time on your websites makes you incomprehensible. Patricia, it's Christmas Day. I'm in the twilight of my existence. I think I shall spend the day relaxing in any way I jolly well want to. And I'd like to spend Christmas Day relaxing with my husband. Well, you do that, dear. Relax. Auntie Anna showed me how to make a cat's cradle. Oh, that's nice, darling. Auntie Anna knows a lot of interesting things. Did you know she's got a whole forest in her back garden? She's funny. Well, she's very clever, and clever people tend to be funny. I bet she got you a nice Christmas present, didn't she? She did, but I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to save it to open it before I go to bed. Because Auntie Anna always gets me my favourite presents. Well, it'll be bedtime soon, so it won't be long until you find out. Bedtime already? Well, not just yet. It is Christmas after all. And we might as well wait up longer to hear everybody keep arguing with each other, eh? Ha, huh, yeah, I suppose so. I don't really like it. No, Dulcie, me neither. Why do we come here for Christmas? I do wonder, Dulcie. 
I don't think I really like Jesus. Well, that that's okay, Dolphy. Maybe just don't tell Grandma Pat that. Santa Claus, huge sack and crucifixes in space, birthday time, blow out your candles, my messiah. Well, she seems okay. I suppose so. She looks like better nicker than your car anyway. We're going to have to get that towed. How are we going to do that on Christmas Day? God knows, mate. Diamond-encrusted sledges soaring across birthday cake moons. Today is the day, my friends. The day is here. Shove it up your ass. Can you two, for once, just stop it? We all know only too well how much you can't stand each other. You've made that very clear since we were as big as little Dulcie. You can do it any other day. But I don't understand how you can do it on Christmas. The selfishness, the predictability and inevitability of it all. Sit down, son. Son, have a Campari. We're going to watch Scrooge McDuck in a minute. You like that, don't you? No. Oh, she does. No, I don't. Do you know he was the richest person in history until that um, musket ball? Really? Yeah. Well, when you see him, he's actually rolling in money, isn't he? Yeah, in an actual pit of money. I've never seen Musk doing that. I'm not convinced he's actually richer than Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, it's just inflation. Mum, I think I want to go to bed. What would you do if you had as much money as Scrooge McDuck? Well, I suppose I'd roll around in it. Well, I'd roll around in it, but I'd go one further than Scrooge McDuck and take all my clothes off first. John Deacon at the table. Yeah, but the thing is, the real Scrooge McDuck wouldn't have worn any clothes because he's a duck, and they don't usually wear clothes. Uh, that other famous one did. Puddle Duck. Mum, I'm tired. Here, were there any more of them Yorkshire puddings left over? Plenty gravy, too. I keep meaning to ask, John, what's that massive thing in front of you? That? That's my tablet. I look at the internet on it. David Icke and stuff like that. Oh, the fat bloke. No, no, not your big phone. He means the other thing. Oh, uh, that's a god. Mum! I'll put the girl to bed, Emma. Oh, thank you, Anna. You stay here and relax. Yeah, I'll try my best. What's a god? Did you hear that? Hear what? Well, if you're saying hear what, that already implies you didn't hear it. What was it? It was George or Lewis. They didn't know what a god was. Oh, my god. <laughs> Yes, very droll, Jake. Yeah, it would be a lot easier to be witty without your espadrille in my face. There's not a lot I can do about that, Jake. Suck it up. Suck up your espadrille. Well, she she looks okay. What presents did Jesus get today? Ask those above! She seems to be going in some direction. Well, you know, if she's okay, which she certainly seems to be... Godcock! ...then we'd better tend to our own needs. We'll freeze out here. Well, which way shall we go? Hmm. Well, that road down there looks like it leads to um, somewhere. Well, one way or another, it has to lead to somewhere. It's the 21st century after all. Jesus, what was that? Some malfunction in the factory? Christmas malfunction? Not likely. Besides, the factory's closed today. Oh, yeah, I suppose it is. Well, at least head in some direction rather than standing here and freezing and being attacked by big bangs and massive flashes of light. Agreed, let's go that way. There's bound to be some sign of civilization. Well, Dulcie dear. 
Are you going to open your gift from Santa? Auntie Anne, I'm eight years old. It's okay. Elsie, let me tell you how I know. We all know, of course, because it's Christmas, of the story of Jesus of Nazareth. How he was born in a stable, and too soon afterward suffered and died to atone for the sins of the world. Well, they put big rusty nails through his hands. Well, more likely his wrists, Dulcie dear, because the tissue on the hands is too fine to hold the weight of a human body. Anyway, we all know the story of Jesus and his teachings, his parables, and the golden messages they contain within. Like do unto others, like you have done unto you. Exactly so. But you also know, of course, that it was prophesied that after a respectable duration of years had passed, that the Messiah would return to earth. Well, it was scholars said 2,000 years, and they were only very slightly off the mark. Just by 100 years, give or take. What? Jesus came back? He, he did. In the year 1818 in Germany, a man was born who wrote a series of books explaining that, to put it in a nutshell, all people are equal. Everybody should have the same opportunity and from this starting point, we can create the kingdom of heaven on earth. Who was that, Auntie Anna? Was that Jesus? That was Karl Marx, Dulcer. Remember that name? They'll be saying it a lot by the time you're grown up. And was Karl Marx actually Jesus, Auntie Anna? Well, you can make your own mind up about that, Dulcer. But let me tell you this. All did not go well for Karl Marx, as it had not for Jesus. And the heathens took his ideas, corrupted and misrepresented them, and horrific activities, too horrific to mention, were committed in the name of his ideas. And poor Karl Marx. And what did Karl Marx do? Well, he was in such a rage that he felt like storming the temple and tearing down the stalls of the bankers and Philistines. But instead... He internalised that rage, and in a swell of fury, all of his clothes turned bright red, and his large white beard grew even whiter. Gosh! And Karl Marx, the second coming of Jesus Christ, decided that if society had become too corrupt and the people were too greedy, then he would take matters into his own hands, go vigilante, and every time it was his birthday, travel around the globe redistributing the wealth among the innocents of the world the children then he picked a name that was an anagram of satan because he thought it was funny and thus from the seeds of communism father christmas chris kringle santa claus the third coming of the son of man was born oh that's a wonderful story not a story, Dulcie, but facts. Is it really true, Auntie Anne? True as freckles on your face puppet. My freckles are true, they're fibbers. <laughs> well, you'd better open that present, then get to sleep after such a long day. I'd much rather sit up and talk to you, Auntie Growing witches need plenty sleep puppets. All right, Auntie Anna. Anyway, open it up. 
Spit's fault. Oh, Auntie Anna, it's a... I did the bloody cooking. I even hung the turkey over the Volvo. There's been nothing for substantially longer than I was anticipating. There's a lot, a lot of flat fields. Ah, there's something there. Where? Over there, see? That big thing. Mm, some kind of small structure? Some sign of civilization. It's... It's... A very big lump of wood and a very, very small roundabout. God, it was funny at midnight mass last night, wasn't it? That priest was so off-cut he could barely string a psalm together. Someone had the windy pops, too. I thought that was you, you dirty bugger. I blame the vicar. Always blame the vicar. I blame the church. We all know you blame the church, John Deacon. He thinks the Pope turns into a big salamander and runs around lapping up invertebrates. He does. It's all on David Icke. The fat bloke. If I was a shape-shifting alien, I'd turn myself into a chair so people could sit on me. Why do you want people to sit on you? I crave intimacy. Oh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. What's the matter, love? I forgot to get Dulcie to call bloody Ronan. Oh, forget about Ronan, love. He doesn't deserve your time of day. I'll never live this down. It's very quiet today. Nice to hear cars off the road a bit. Actually hear the world for once. That bird. We wouldn't have been able to hear that on most days. And what sweet music to the ears it is. I'm not sure they're usually out in winter. Everything's going topsy-turvy. You can say that again. Soon we won't be able to tell day from night. It's bloody cold. Whole place just traps the cold. But I must admit, I do like it when the night falls in and the frost appears, and everything goes all sparkly. I can never get over it, when the whole ground becomes dancing points of light. We have stars beneath our feet, my friend. And shimmering ice above in the celestial ground. Yes, a pleasant evening altogether. 
quiet and shimmering. All right, lads. Oh, where else did you come from? From the celestial ground, dear boy. Oh, earwigging, were you? Delicious. I was just catching you up, lads. You can't help overhearing when you're in hot pursuit of the two smartest folk this side of the valley. Besides, I certainly didn't expect to see you out today. Thought we'd take a look. Everything's so quiet. Desolate out there. You might say it's like Christmas. Ha, yes, you might say that. We were just talking about how beautiful the Earth looks when it's cold like this. Astounding, isn't it? The whole world looks like a big cake. A most glistening, sparkling cake. Now you make me hungry for human things. You're always hungry for anything, Badger. A glutton. That's funny coming from you, Eagle. There hasn't been a single mouse that isn't perpetually terrified since you arrived. The swooping terror. Well, at least white-tailed sea eagle keeps them fit. Oh, is that your motive, Fox? For making all those chickens run around the henhouse? Physical fitness? What can I say? I'm just a very giving fox. I live to provide. Great moon tonight, eh? We live in an astonishing place in the universe. Almost intolerably beautiful. That we do, Fox. That we do. John and Pat Deacon were played by Elvis Herod. Emma Deacon was played by Lottie Bowater. Bunton Deacon was played by Ergo Fismis. Auntie Anna Deacon was played by Anne Jameson. George Deacon was played by Lottie Bowater. Louis Deacon was played by Autumn Robertson. Dulcie Deacon was played by Ariadne Robertson. Jake Blake was played by Elvis Herod. Nancy Blake was played by Autumn Robertson. Topper Giggs was played by John Panther. Lee Slaven played by Richard Kennedy. Joan was played by Nayana Dickinson. Audette was played by Lottie Bowater. Written and produced by Argo Fismas. We used to tumble through at four. There's a small candy store where I could go with us and lollipops and shout for more. Where the garden trees are shining, that's where Edie was alive. I'm going back to see the corny country cousins of mine.